The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu podcast, the best show about Tokusatsu you probably never heard of, that's Jay! Hi. I'm too tired to think of anything funny for <laughs> How are, fucking, damn Jay, you can't even make up like, remember that time Supergirl wants to fuck her cat? No, she didn't want to fuck her cat, she wanted to fuck her horse. And I've already brought that one up, so I would just be redundant. No, but she also wants to fuck her cat. She didn't have a cat. The cat wasn't not hers. In the, not in the main universe. Maybe. She also wants... No, she wants to fuck uh, the Red Lantern cat. What's his name? Sparky? Sparky? No, that that was that was the Sparkiches? super cat. No. That's, You're thinking no, of somebody the else. Lantern- is, uh, no, the Red Lantern cat. That's Dexstar. Yeah. She wanted the Dickstar. All right. I'd ship it. <laughs> fuck it. I got nothing else better to do. <laughs> You know what? They'll they'll probably do that for the next season of the CW show. It's like, uh, I mean, it's, it might as well. I mean, what else are they gonna? Is that is Supergirl even still going on? I don't even know. I'm pretty sure they canceled it. No, didn't they cancel the the Batwoman show because it was fucking terrible? I am still surprised that lasted beyond season one and the main actress quitting. I you know what? Same, but somebody had to put the double flail to film. They had to put that on film just for us, just, and I'm just internally grateful. Uh, speaking of shows going to absolute shit, Our actually, show. no, that's not fair. Batwoman started as shit. <laughs> so speaking of shows that started good into going to absolute shit, our show. Uh, let's talk about uh, Kamen Rider Hibiki J. Yes. Wow, wow, we're 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 doing it. We're doing this. We're doing it. We're doing it. Oh my we're god! Wow. I wish we didn't. Me too. Um, so what, what, what do we even start with? What, like legit, how do we even start this? Because we have so much shit to get through with this show and most of it isn't even with the show itself. No, it's kind of ridiculous. You know what? I, I got an idea. How about we review the show up to the staff change? Because in reality, we're basically reviewing two different shows. Yeah, that's fair enough. So let's start off with what is the first half of Hibiki. What what's the plot? Well, it's simple. The there's a kid. He he has no dad, so he grifts upon a demon man who kills monsters for a living and he learns life lessons. That is it. Simple it's enough. Pretty pretty succinct explanation that pretty much summarizes everything that needs to be known. And it works. Yeah. For the most part, it works. Yeah. There's there's nothing crazy about it. There's no mind altering bullshit. There's no whatever the fuck that last part of the of the series was. It's just a kid learning about life with his oni daddy. It's that's it. It's a slice of life coming of age story that just so happens to be a show about people who fight monsters in the woods. And honestly, I like that. I like the fact that it really is just this isn't some like Big thing. This isn't some like we gotta save the world, guys. It's just this happens every every year. We do this literally every year. It's like it's like hunting season. These monsters are just a way of life, and we gotta take care of them. 
and that's our jobs. We get paid to do it. That's life. They get paid? Uh, allegedly. I don't think they get paid. However, Fuck's sake, Hibiki can't even afford a goddamn phone. Hibiki doesn't know how to use a phone. Why would he buy one? He doesn't know how to use anything, apparently. He's he an is, old man. He's a boomer. He is, he is the most boomer-ass writer we've had since fucking Takeshi Hongo. Well, it makes sense because in the show, he is canonically 31 years old. The oldest writer we've ever had, apparently. Which is interesting. But again, you know what? Let's let's start with him and then we'll get to Asamu because they're, they're a package deal, basically. Uh, I like Hibiki. He's, he's cool. You know, he's quintessentially just a cool dude. Yeah. Like... There's nothing crazy about it. There's nothing. Wow, th- this guy's got a deep dark past. No, he's just he's just cool. We don't. He's a cool we, dude. we actually know nothing about Hibiki's life prior to the events of the show. We don't learn his origin story. We don't learn why he became an oni. We don't learn what his life was like or any of his decisions leading up to that point. He just. We don't even know his real name. Eh, technically we do. We never hear it in the show, but a- apparently they mentioned it at some point in like a book or whatever. But No, no, they did. But like in the show, we don't even get to know his yeah, real name. We, we never even learn any of the main characters' names. They just refer to them as their writer names, basically. Well, besides Todoroki, but... Well, you know. he doesn't really count. They only use it like once anyways. Yes, he does. What? What are you talking about? They say it like 60 times in the episode he's introduced. Well, it was one episode. But I remember, Jay. I remember it. You might not remember. I will. I will. D- this Oni. Don't get us canceled. Oh, I'm gonna get us canceled on Pride Month, motherfucker. Anyways, that's I, my look, job. This, this, all right. Look, this show is so incredibly homoerotic. I have to be homophobic at least once, to, to my own kind. There is so um, much man ass in this show. It is. Oh my god, there it is, is a treat. It is just a pleasant experience. If if you like man ass. In any in any form, or just just naked men in general, this show is yours. If you have a muscle fetish, you're probably already watching writer. But Hibiki is Holy a show shit. for you. Holy shit! I, I'm pretty sure they only put uh, a mommy's transformation in there just so they can like skew it to just slightly bisexual instead of fully homosexual. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's... Because holy fuck. It's, for for once, the uh, the 90 to 10% balance of male-to-female writers actually works for the show's benefit. Holy shit. But yes... But enough uh, about the eye candy. Let's talk about the actual substance. <laughs> so again, he beat himself. I like the guy. He is cool. He is... He, he, he's quintessential... He's just essentially the, the mentor. He's the smooth mentor. And I like him. He's He's got... I wouldn't say, how do I say this? I'm not going to say he's like a flawless character that he's perfect, but like he doesn't outwardly show any of his uncool nature. You know what I mean? Like he'll, he'll get mad sometimes. Sure. But that's just, you know, his patience running thin as most people do. Yeah. But outside of that, he's fine. He's cool. He's, he keeps his calm about everything and it helps balance out with Asamu being kind of a little bitch at the beginning because I mean, he's a kid. So yeah. He's he very much is the the typical shonen 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 genre. Uh, the very very typical shonen mentor. Fuck it, uh, damn it! I did it again. Uh, the, the mentor <laughs> slash father figure character that you see a lot. 
Uh, and in that case, uh, typical is fine because he's, you know, you don't really need to do anything too crazy with it. You have a nice stock template and you can just kind of work with that and build everybody else around it. And you don't really need to put too much work into it. And that works for the most part in the show is very casual, laid back uh, tone overall is that Hibiki is admittedly kind of a flat character in that he there's not a whole lot of substance to him beyond his his cool demeanor and his I mean they've got a little bit of it again where he's an older guy so they play it up a little bit because he, he just doesn't understand how stuff works really like he, he barely knows how to use a phone he can't drive he doesn't know how emails work uh, he can barely handle doing a fucking basic food service job he's just he's just kind of like a he's he is the dad he is the dad character basically and that yeah and it works it really works for the show because for the most part he's not the main focus he's he's just he is technically speaking a secondary character in this show he's not really the main character for the most part it's and for that part it's also kind of an ensemble piece there too where everybody gets more attention and hibiki's just kind of the character everybody gravitates around for the most part. So in that case, it's fine that he's a little stock, a little, I wouldn't necessarily say bland. He's definitely an interesting character, but he's shallow substance wise, but shallow does not necessarily mean he's bad. Yeah. I was about to say like he works because there is not much else to him. It's like you said, he's the father character. He's the guy that Asamu, who we'll get to, looks up to he's the guy who he looks up to for advice because you know he's been through that because apparently because you know in the in the show just real quick Austin doesn't have a father technically he doesn't he's not around so he gravitates to this guy and from there he learns about life in the weirdest way fucking possible but he learns about life and I like that so that's why I don't think he needed anything else no, besides exactly. who he was and honestly ha- He's possibly just one of just the most chill writers that we've had, like up there with fucking Soichi. Like he's just, he's just chill. He's a cool dude, and I like him. I really fucking like him. Yeah, he it's, he very much just kind of takes everything that happens in stride, and he just he never really gets overly emotional. Even he's very subdued throughout the entire show. He never gets really like sad or really like he'll get like a little goofy sometimes, but that's just you know that's standard writer fare. He'll never get, like, super pissed off. He'll never go, you know, full-on boiling rage of justice or anything like that. He's He just kind of takes everything in stride and is just uh, ordinary. He's very ordinary, almost, is the best way to put it, in comparison to yeah, a lot yeah. of other characters. His, his demeanor is, very much says, I've seen and done it all. And I like that. It, it, it exudes experience without... Uh, without blatantly and verbosely telling us what he's experienced, it just tells us, yeah, he's done it all. He he knows what he's doing. It leaves you it, don't gotta wor- when he's here, you don't gotta worry. It leaves it for the the audience to interpret what exactly he's been through, and they that that's fair. That works perfectly for the character and his role in the show. Until I know he comes in. Well, <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to anyways, that. anyways, let's get to Asamu. And I also like this kid. He was he was fun. You know, I I like the the plucky the plucky character that he is at the beginning. He's just he, he again, like Hibiki, 
There isn't a lot to him, but what there is, is done well. He is the kid. He is the kid that's going through life. And, you know, and throughout the show, you do see him grow into, not into an adult, obviously, but a more mature teenager, young adult. And I like that. I like seeing him grow, go through the motions of adulthood, again, in the weirdest way possible with Hibiki as his mentor. And I, and I like that. I like also, and we'll, we'll get to this towards the ending, I like how it's not leading up, at least at the beginning, for him to be the next Hibiki. It's just, well, my mentor just so happens to be Hibiki. That doesn't mean I want to be one of them Yeah, either. he's... Honestly, they, the show never, up until the staff change, has any kind of... <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional or not. Uh, oh. Up until up until the last third, it's the show is very almost antithetical to the idea of the, the mentor-apprentice relationship between them, where he's more of a standard father figure, but it's not like he's deliberately teaching Asumu or guiding his path. He's just... He's just a guy who's there for Asumu to kind of bounce life questions off of. The show very much seems to be against the idea of Asumu both being involved in the, the Oni world and becoming an Oni to begin with. He it's even, completely accidental. Even he himself is like, I have no interest in becoming an Oni. I don't want to train to be your apprentice. I just want to be your friend and hang out with you guys. He straight up is just like, I don't... I. I'm fine where I am in this life. I don't want any more involvement with it. I have my own life. And that works. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, he's a kid and he's still growing. He's trying to figure out who he is. And he sees Hibiki as his mentor. But that doesn't necessarily mean that because he's his mentor, you need to build his whole life around him. You don't need to. It's, live- it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the idea of it's, it's kind of like the idea of like you're gravitating towards, say, a doctor. A doctor who's very wise, very experienced, has seen it all. But that doesn't mean you ha- you want to be a doctor. You just see this guy is extremely smart, and you trust him with advice. You still have your own life at the end of the day, and that's what I like about Asumu. They're an idol that, and they're an inspiration, but that doesn't mean that you're going to build your life around that inspiration. Exactly. And and I like that about Asumu because, again, as like you said, the show, <clears throat> it seems super against... I shouldn't say it seems. It is very against the idea that one day he will become the next Hibiki. He will become an Oni. It's like, no, I don't want to. I'm I'm cool. I'm cool just being here, really. Yeah. <laughs> which which kind of comes down to the idea, like I said, the whole reason he's even acquainted or friends with Hibiki is because it was a complete freak accident. It's not like he went to this mystical chamber to become an Oni. No, he just accidentally got saved by this guy and now he's here yeah he 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 just kind of was like ah fuck secret identities and he just kind of snowballed from there basically to be fair the show did say that too the, yeah, <laughs> the, the show said that too the show is weird and that the like the idea of the oni and the makamo seems to be like a masquerade deal where like they're trying to keep it secret and they don't want like the normies in on it because uh there's the there are a couple times where uh asimu's school friend comes over and she's of course not involved in the Oni life, despite the fact that several of her friends and family are Oni and they're trying to keep it a secret from her. There's like, okay, so they clearly don't want the normals knowing about them, but they just also consistently reveal their secret identities and transform right in front of them. And they don't like keep it a secret that they're fucking superheroes or anything like that. It's, 
it's very casually disregarding of the standard superhero formula. And it's not entirely consistent, though. And it's if it was just like, yeah, we exist, we're just a normal thing that exists, and we don't really bother asking questions or trying to keep it up, and most people just live in blissful ignorance because it's convenient for them. That'd be one thing, but there's still this kind of air of we're trying to keep this a secret. And uh, I don't know. It, to be fair, when when the staff change happens, they do also just kind of say, fuck it. But that's the least least of its problems. To, to be fair, I, I feel like for the most part, they were kind of running off the idea of who's going to believe you if you tell them. Pretty, like, pretty much. Oh, I saw, I saw, an, I saw a demon fight monsters in the forest. Yeah, yeah, people are gonna believe you. Yeah, I saw, I saw some. Uh, <laughs> I saw so, some naked I saw man. some hunky dude turn into a, a f- <laughs> fucking demon and fight Gamera in the woods. Okay, buddy, sure thing. <laughs> yeah, all right, buddy. <laughs> uh huh, sure. Mm-hmm. Where's your tinfoil like, hat? I, I think. That, I, I, w- I like to think that they're running off of that kind of logic, where it's like, no one's gonna believe you. <laughs> tell them they're not gonna believe you and see that's again that's that's fair it's just the normals live in blissful ignorance and here's what's going on is just oh yeah there's just giant monsters and everything that happened randomly and yeah it's whatever it's not our problem but then again there still seems to be like an active air where they're trying to keep it a secret so i don't know mm-hmm. but i i like the vibe it is set up of it's just here we're out going into the woods to go fight monsters and we're just not even trying to pretend like it's like out of the ordinary or anything and nobody else seems to react or respond to it other than oh we're getting attacked by a monster yeah and again <clears throat> it kind of goes back to uh, the, the show i should say i should have said this at the beginning the show just kind of has this air of well there is action and fighting and monsters it still just has this very weird calmness to it where again there's not this big like there's not this big timer in the background where oh my god the meteor's gonna come down in five days no it's just it's daily life it's routine it's calm and that goes into the that goes into the atmosphere of the show itself it's very it's calming it's weird to say but it's a very calming show especially in the in the first half of it where it's just think it's again it's like it's like we said it's daily life for these guys they're not superheroes they're just if anything, they're more like exterminators. Pretty much. Like, you, you've got them going to the grocery store, and you've got them running errands, and they're out getting camping supplies, and they're out setting up camp and having these just kind of casual conversations, and then every now and then they'll go and fight a monster. It, in fact, the show the show almost seems completely avoidant of the entire idea that it's a, a fucking superhero show. It, it oh, seems Yeah. Like, the show almost seems like it it's trying actively not to be because the fight the fights are they honestly sometimes feel disconnected from everything like they just they just kind of fucking spontaneously happen sometimes like they they'll it's, it's like a quota pretty much like it's we're we're required to have the one fight so we have the fight just happens and sometimes it's good and sometimes <laughs> i really like that and then and other times it does feel a little clumsy. It's not particularly well integrated in a couple of episodes. And especially just because mm-hmm. it's sometimes it'll be here's this act. The, the A plot is usually, you know, it's Asimu doing whatever the fuck is going on. Like, oh, it's him, Asimu, focusing on school and he's getting ready for a test and he's, you know, figuring out so and so. And then we'll just fucking cut to 
zonky who are ever getting a shit kicked in in the woods for a minute. <laughs> it's like, okay, thank you for that. We needed this right here and now immediately. <laughs> but, but again, it's like you said, and, and honestly, there's a couple of times where I was watching the episodes and I thought, you know what? If this episode ends and we did not, and we don't have a single monster fight, I don't think I would be mad. No, I absolutely. think I'm okay with that. In, in fact, I enjoyed the kind of slice of life shenanigans with the cast more oh, than I, I did, did too. the monster stuff. Which is not to Honestly, say are... I could have given less of a shit about the monster stuff when everybody else was just having so much fun. Which is not to say that the fights are bad or uninteresting. I mean, no, I mean shit. The the in episode one, in episode one, we had a monster six one nine, a fucking CGI bird, so off a tree. The show had a giant enemy crab in it. Like, how do you not have fun oh my with a God. giant enemy crab? Oh, my God. It did have a giant enemy crab. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to say it. And I, I was I was actively, actively forcing my brain not to say the words giant enemy crab. But, but it's, I, it's it's historical it's a, Japanese, you, Jay. It, it literally is. It's the show about them fighting ancient monsters. <laughs> so here's this ancient Japanese monster. The giant this giant enemy, enemy crab. crab. I hate my God. It's, I fucking hate God, my it's, brain. That that joke is almost going to be like twenty years old. That joke is going to be oh. that joke is going to be older than the fucking PlayStation Three one day, and it'll still be funny. Oh my! God, Actually, wait, dude. wait. It's already old. The fuck. Yes, it is. Retard. Dude, like I said, it, it's that joke. That joke is going to be twenty years old soon, and it's uh. still funny. We still reference every, anybody who's into gaming references that shit, and it's still funny. Anyways, it's like that and making uh, jokes about the PS3 and having no games. It's like it's never not funny. Well, also five ninety nine US dollars. That's five hundred ninety nine US dollars. That's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like 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 I was saying, like the the show, and and you said it as well. It almost seems like it it not hates, but tries to avoid the fact that it has to put a superhero stuff in there. Like, again, there's plenty of times in the show where the fight at the, like, the fight that you expect in the Kamen Rider is, like, two minutes long at the very end of the episode. And that's how it ends. And it's like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I don't need more than one. I don't need long, drawn-out fights. This is it. Hibiki comes in. Oh, it's a Makamo. All right. Dead. Bye. End of the episode. Bye, guys. See Moving you later. On. Moving on. Like, I like that idea. I like how that is. And it's it feels good. It feels good. And again, I like the stuff with Asamu just kind of going around his daily life. Like, legitimately, I actually kind of like the episode where he gets in, where, like, he uh, he finds out he got into, like, his high school of choice. I was like, you know what? Good for you, buddy. Good for you. Yeah, you it, got in. It's very, st- I wouldn't even necessarily say standard, but it's it's very enjoyable slice of life high school you know kid drama stuff and it's very relatable because i mean granted we're not japanese teenagers so we've never quite had the same experience but it's it's very similar relatable problems where it's oh my friends wanted to hang out but i overslept so what do i do now do i make myself look like an asshole and show up later do i just spend the day doing something else or oh, you know, I'm trying to get into so-and-so school, but I'm, you know, I'm more focused on my friends and my, my hobbies and everything, and that's stressing me out, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get it, and, you know, I want to join this club, but, you know, everybody else is beating to it, and I don't know if I get to do the thing I want, and, you know, it's it's very, his problems are very relatable, and they're very, 
again, real. Or, they're ordinary. They're very ordinary compared to the the unordinary circumstances that happen to be around it, and that makes them a little more interesting. Is that they're they're kind of juxtaposed with this unordinary situation. See, I would say the fact that his problems are so uh, are so ordinary kind of enhances the the Oni stuff because it makes the Oni stuff also feel like it's just a part of life. Again, it, it's like we said before, it doesn't feel like they're trying to bring attention to it. It doesn't feel like this is the thing you have to pay attention to. It's just, it's a part of life. And I'm like, I really like that idea. I really, really like that. And it gives the entire show this calming feeling where it's just like, you know what? I get to just turn on an episode of Hibiki Random episode. Don't gotta care about where where it is or where it is in the in the episode list. Just turn it on, have some fun, and that's all I need. It it feels good. It feels like a like a very easy to watch show, and I like that. I really like it. It's, it is, it's it cool. It is a very casual watch, but I I would say honestly, it's it's a little too casual at points. It's honestly mm. hard to to just kind of fall. It's I wouldn't necessarily say it's boring, but it. It does get to be a little hard to stay invested when it's just kind of ordinary stuff. And, you know, it, that's not necessarily a problem with Slice of Life stuff. I enjoy that. But sometimes it's especially when you juxtapose it with the, the Oni stuff. It's like, well, OK, here's two minutes of Asumu just fucking dicking around downtown. Like, all right. Uh, uh, OK. All right. I, I think that's just a problem with the with shows that have a very calming slice of life tone is that you can't binge them or you get bored of them really fucking no definitely i i had that problem where i was trying to like ration it out i was like okay i'm still i'm you know i'm catching up on it and then i got to the point where i was like okay well i need to start watching more because i we have the deadline and then i'm i'm starting to lose a little more interest as i i watch more and more of it and everything just kind of starts to blend together so I think you got a point yeah. there. I think that's a difference of you. You kind of need to you, you need to savor it. You, it's like a wine tasting. You can't just chug that shit. You gotta. You gotta let <laughs> yeah, it go. it's not like uh, it's not like with fucking I don't know ghost where you just hope to God it taste it gets you drunk fast. Um, or even to use like a the show that came before it, Blade, where Blade is just a show where you know nonsense drama happens all the time and. For the most part, you want to keep watching it to see what happens, so that you can kind of sit down and watch for like three or four. Yeah, because like there's even there's there's like they're always they're always like spoon feeding you bits and pieces of the story to keep you invested. This one is just hey, turn it on. Oh, sweet, look at that. That that was a cool episode. All right, I'll I'll watch awesome. the rest. Awesome, learning tomorrow. how to make origami and Zonky files his taxes. That's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Todoroki has to learn how to ride a bike. Wow. <laughs> Donkey how has wacky. to remember that he's in this show. We have to remember to put Shuki in and then never mention her again. <laughs> we have I to, remember uh... her. Remember Aiki? I do. I don't. <laughs> you remember uh... I, He was there, he jumped, and he left. Honestly, you know what? Record time. Record pace. <laughs> Lost once. Done. That's all I need. Comes in, loses, refuses to elaborate, leaves. At least he got a fucking human form. Unlike what? What the fuck was his name? 
Sabaki, Sasaki, fucking. I don't even remember. <laughs> literally, all he ever did was job out, and he never even got to be on screen for more than ten seconds straight. Fucking Christ. <laughs> did did Donkey ever get a fucking writer for him anyways? I don't think I remember it. Yes, he did, actually. He, what? I he, don't remember that. He was in, like, two episodes <laughs> as an Oni. The one right before... Uh, no, it was the one right before Ibuki showed up. And then he was gone for, like, 15 episodes. And then he randomly shows up talking to Hibiki in a phone booth. And then that's it. That's the last time we really ever fucking see him. No, then, he he appears in, in the right, restaurant no, once. He shows up at a at a Tachibana's. Tachibana's once, and then he's just gone for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Christ! Oh my god, dude! This this show. this show, this show, just it did not give a shit about people, having any people, sort of writers. People complain about modern writer having too many characters. Jesus Christ, a fucking mighty. At, at least here, they just show up, job, and leave. That's, That's it. That's that, all they do. Honestly, nowadays, that would make it worse because this fucking Because now they would sell that shit? Now they would, now they, yeah, now they, they would have toys that you would have to buy and you would think that they're going to fucking matter and now they're gone. Oh my god, that would be amazing, actually. Just have, like... Oh, could you imagine he became being made now? Premium Bandai Donkey Change. He would have got that fucking sword, episode one. <laughs> Premium Bandai... What the fuck was Amimi's fucking writer name? Uh, I don't even know. Dookie? You mean Akira? Uh, Amimi's with the f- Amari's Amamari's I don't fucking yeah her name was Akira name, dude. she looked I thought she was Mari from Fives I- for a second oh my god she looks just like her yeah Ibuki's apprentice she doesn't get a name she literally does not have an owner she, does- <laughs> she never got one <laughs> I'll cu- her name is Dookie yeah sure that's let's her go. name let's go with it <laughs> uh, uh you know <laughs> So let's let's talk about the rest of the Onis that matter. With the first one being Ibuki, who I swear to God I thought was Shuatanabe for a second. It's like, wait a minute, what the fuck is he doing here? Ibuki, uh, Ibuki's kind of boring, honestly. He's very yeah. Milk, he's very milk toast. He's he. I honestly I think he was there just to fill the pretty boy quota, and that's about it. He's he kind of works more as like an older brother type for Asumu, but that relationship doesn't quite get a chance to pan out. And I, I like his relationship with his own apprentice, Akira, who we goes through a very weird character shift where she's like a edgy emo bitch for like the first five or six episodes, and then, then she becomes the girl character for the rest of the season. And I can't even blame Inoue for that one. That happens way before he shows up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... I, I guess they thought having her just stay like that would be kind of annoying. I mean, it'd be fine. It would work because it works. She works as a foil for Asumu, who's just kind of half-heartedly involved, and because that's how it's set up is that he's just kind of half-heartedly, optimistically blundering his way through the Oni world, whereas she's, she's just pissed busting off, busting her fucking ass, actually trying, and she thinks he's a fucking dope who doesn't take any of this seriously and takes her her own goals and profession like a joke and obviously there's a clash there and she's forced to kind of play nice with him and there's animosity there and 
I like that idea, but again, she just kind of stops after a point, and it'd be one thing if they actually developed like on screen, like that actually happened. But it's just kind of in between episodes. She just she just stops being a bitch for no reason. I don't know. Ah, it's fine. It's fine. She she got better. Yeah, she, <laughs> she got she gets better. Let's go with it. Uh, uh but yeah, Ibuki he doesn't. Honestly, dude, it's like it's like we said earlier. I, we mentioned this uh, in the server. He kind of just fucking disappears sometimes. Like he just fucking vanishes. Yeah, like, he'll, he'll show for no up, reason. Like, talk on his phone for a few minutes, and then he's gone for like six episodes. <laughs> Basically, he's like, "Hi, Ibuki. Hi, bye." And that's it. Ten episodes later, hi, I'm back. It's like, yeah, I'm <laughs> off. You remember in, uh, me? Uh, insert Japanese province here. Uh, see you later. Bye. Like, it's weird. It's weird how, like, he's one of the quote-unquote main three, and he's barely fucking there. He is by like, technicality the, the secondary writer, and he's in the show less than most of the fucking job. Yeah. Which sucks because he, he has, like, one of my favorite weapons. He's which, got a trumpet it's... machine gun. It's so cool. <laughs> and he doesn't use it. Well, well, he, well, he uses it, but not enough. Um, then we have to get to... I mean... I, 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 technically, it's Todoroki. It's the third one. Because Zanki... He kind of fucking hurt, hurts his knee and then stops. Kind of. I mean, I guess, I guess we can count Todoroki. Because he's actually in the show for more than, like, five episodes. Well, yeah. Cause, again, because Zanki, like, tears his quad or something. She's like, oh no, my leg. Yeah, that's I, that's. I can't move. Well, thank you, Inoue, for answering the question that didn't need to be answered. Um, but yeah, so Zanki and Todoroki show up, and they're kind of the the final spectrum of the kind of relationships where Todoroki has already become an oni, and he he's on his way to becoming his own full fledged guy. And Zanki is his mentor, who's on the way out the door because uh, plot. And there's that kind of we spent so much time together where we're kind of a very, we still have that kind of fatherly relationship to a point, but at the same time, it's, it's more brotherly and it's more friends and equals and mentors rather than, you know, a yeah, mentor, comrades. Student. Yeah. Comrades. Yeah. That's, that's the right word. Mm. Uh, I like both of them. Todoroki up until a point. Zonki obviously is barely in the show, but whenever he shows up, he's great. My knee. <laughs> My leg. <laughs> My leg. That, that's that's Zonki's character. My leg. Uh, everybody just like really Which, likes uh, Zonki for some reason in universe. Like he, like there's literally a part where uh, the boss is just like, man, you really like Zonki, don't you? Everybody always has a good thing to say about him. You know what? It's great. I like that. <laughs> he, he's just the guy. You know what? He's the guy who always brings the good beer. Yeah. He, he just it. knows where to get. To, he just knows where to get it, and everyone likes him for that. <laughs> He's, yeah. He got the good beer. Because <laughs> after that, it's like, oh my knee. That's that's, that's his character. Yeah. His fucking knee. Yeah, he. It, <laughs> He's got a gippy leg. Pretty. Hey, listen, <laughs> fighting monsters does a toll. <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's just. I don't know why, but like, for such a a cool guy, why is his gimmick my knee? 
<laughs> because he needs a weakness, I guess. I don't know. I get. I mean, you know what? When your power is literally, I am punching you with the power of lightning. I guess you have to get nerfed a little bit. Pretty much. I don't know. I I, I like Zonky. I like Todoroki to a point as well. They're, they're cool. I I like them better together because, like you said, Zonky is obviously the the more wise, more stir, like sturdy. Uh, I'm trying to remember more the, the, the words. World weird. Well, experience, yeah. He he's more hardened from all of his experiences. And yeah. Todoroki, you know, it's like you said, he's the new guy. He's like, he's yeah, I'm 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 super into it. He's you he's know? learned enough to be able to stand on his own, but he's still a little on the naive side, and that yeah, works for and the I like relationship that. too. And I kind of like that where where Todoroki starts, especially early on, once he, you know, technically speaking, becomes Todoroki, he starts kind of like overworking himself and going on like a t- rampage against. Uh, Makamo overworking himself and it starts to be like okay we get it but you're you need to dial it down a little bit here you're you're overexerting yourself that's gonna cause problems and then he's got like he he starts adding his own little flourishes like he does the guitar solo stuff and everybody's like what the fuck are you doing you weirdo and there's a lot of like he's still new and he's learning how to uh to broaden his field I guess is the best way to put it and uh, so, <clears throat> sorry, Jay, <clears throat> I have to <clears throat> bring this up here <clears throat> as a, as a guitar player myself. Uh, he's not playing shit on that fucking guitar. Of course not. He's just <laughs> slapping those fucking strings. Those aren't even, there aren't even fucking strings on it. It's not even a real guitar. No shit. He's not playing anything. Yes, there, there are strings on that. There, when they close up on it, there are actual strings on that fucking guitar. There are a couple times where they close up on it, and there there are real strings Did on you, that thing. Have you thing. tried playing a guitar with fucking padded gloves on? Yes, I have. Of course you have, because you're retarded. Yes, I am. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you can't you you can't put a show where they're supposed to be playing instruments in front of me who plays an instrument, and they expect me to just watch this guy jerk off his guitar's neck and but expect AJ, me to believe he's playing anything. AJ, it looks cool, and that's what matters. Dude, literally, the way he, the way he was pressing... <laughs> The way he was making chords with his fucking fingers it was just like, he's just fucking tickling the fucking guitar, dude. It's hilarious. Uh, so uh, should make one of those videos that's like uh, music videos. What he's actually it's, playing. Oh, yeah, it, uh, I should do that. It's just... That'd be really funny. Yeah. Oh, I w- oh, I should totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then again, I could imagine, like, someone trying to put, like, what he's really playing, Ibuki version. It would be nothing because bullshit. he doesn't have lips. <laughs> <laughs> I like how this motherfucker playing Shrub and he doesn't have lips. <laughs> it seems I mean, like they, a design they flaw. They, they could have just explained it away with how Ibuki just, like, formed mouths to breathe fire. Yeah, remember when he breathed fire, like twice and that was both of the, that was both of those times in the first episode and then that's it he never did it's, it again that seems like a very useful power to have hibiki that seems like it i'm pretty sure there are several situations where that, that you could have solved by just no no fire. no i i have to make a sword with my stick yeah <laughs> oh this show's crazy uh so todoroki's out of the way that's pretty much everybody that matters. That, that's everybody like, except for the Scooby Gang at the the restaurant. 
and they're uh, yeah they're, they're mostly like one-off like kind of one one note characters like you got the boss who's he's the boss you've got kind of he kind of looks like fucking uh iwata a little bit he's a little thinner <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, I I saw him and I was like, oh my god, is that Iwata? What the fuck? I I I get what you mean. Uh, there's actually both of them are his daughter daughters. Weird. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Uh, his oh, two he's daughters, around, bro. one who is Hibiki's sidekick, and she's fine. She doesn't really do anything, and the other is Todoroki's not girlfriend, who is the obligatory obnoxious hyperactive chick, and that's about yeah. it. Also, before anybody says, yes, she's dead. Oh. Yeah. Being Todoroki is suffering. I just know someone's going to bring it up. So, yeah, she's dead. There you go. You happy? You macabre fuck? Anyways. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they're fine. They they don't, again, like you said, they don't really do anything. They're, they're, they're. They are side characters for the sake of being side characters, and that's okay. They they, they have, do they, they do a lot more than fucking Asumu's not girlfriend. They have a fun dynamic with Hibiki, Asumu, and the rest of the gang, but they're they're kind of like nothing characters on their own. Yeah, which like, again, which is fine. Yeah. It works for this show. It works for what we're doing. But honestly, I I like them more. Before the cast, before the staff changed, because afterwards, holy shit, I wanted to kill every single one of them. Oh my god. Mostly Hinaka. Mostly Hinaka. Oh holy fuck, god. dude. Don't get me started. Oh, we're gonna get to that bitch. We're gonna get to that bitch. Uh, but yeah, th- besides that, that's pretty much everything for the first half of the show. Um, besides the, the, the Makamo, which... What? What was their plan? Did, I don't know. <laughs> There, there was the guy, or I think, the, or the chick with, like, the, the, the face mask with, like, a weird steampunk staff. And then there was the white one, too. <laughs> there was, there was, a. Uh... Did I miss something? I don't know, because there was, there was the dude in the black cloak with the steampunk staff that injected shit. And then there was the white one with his own, his, her, whatever's own steampunk staff. Uh, and then there was... Uh, John Lennon. John Lennon and uh, Yoko Ono. Uh, and then there were the two after the staff change that were fucking background characters in a Wuxia film. And then there were the two in the last episode who were just like fucking Victorian noblemen. And they those never get fucking explained either. I don't know what the fuck they were smoking. They come in. And you think that they're going to be the typical, th- these are the big bads of the show. These are the guys who Hibiki and the gang, they got to beat up. But they don't do shit. They don't do anything. They're just there jerking off half of the time. And I'm just like, are you like, going to are you gonna do something? Or, or, is, this, or is this just going to be like, you guys just sitting there for the entire story? And then at the end, again, John Lennon, it's like, are, are you going to do something? Like, like no? before before they show up, like, okay, it makes sense. The monsters have their weird human parents, <laughs> and they're, they hunt down people to feed their monster baby. And then the giant monster shows up. Okay, so that cycle makes sense. There are monsters who are trying to create a bigger monster because that's just their nature. Makes sense. 
But then you get the the fucking ma- the dude in the cloak, who's creating them, making them stronger, experimenting on them. We don't know what the hell his goal is. And then the one in the white cloak shows up, and I guess he has fucking psychic powers or something, because he he turns he he gives Iwata like a seizure or some shit. And then then John Lennon shows up, and he spends. <laughs> 30 fucking episodes in an abandoned high school or something just dicking around with fish tanks and sea urchins and shit. I mean, to be fair, that's what John Lennon actually did. So that's true. And then, and then more of them show up and, and then they stopped doing the giant monsters because budget, I guess I don't, I legit don't even know what the fuck was going on. I didn't even think I, I sincerely thought cause just so you guys know, I didn't skip anything in this show. This time. Because I thought I thought I was going to have to. Because you know, oh it's it's but then when the staff change happened, I didn't I couldn't. It's like I don't know what the fuck their plan was. I don't know what was going on. Cuz I don't even, even at the end I the, don't even the final think the original writer knew. I don't even think Inoue knew. I don't think anybody like the, the final big thing, the final big battle had nothing to do with John Lennon. It had nothing to do with him. No, in fact, they were actively trying to avoid it from happening. They were on the hero's side the entire time. Why? Which is like, what, what happened? What the fuck? Wait, what, why is John... What What the fuck? Uh, what? What? So, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a hard negative against the original writer. Who the, what the fuck was going on there, buddy? What, what were you doing here? Was, was there something that... I would love to know what the plan was. I would love to know what the fuck these people were doing. Because I don't know. Because they just kind of there's, stopped. There's not even really any like foreshadowing set up about them prior to their show, their debut. And then immediately after they show up, the original writer leaves. So who fucking knows? Because there's no like real clues or anything. We just have the two dudes in the fucking cloaks running around. And uh, Are they related to John Lennon? Are, are they separate entities? Uh, Clearly not because they both have the same goal, but but then why are they, why are they treated like they're they're a threat? Are they the same people? Were they the same fucking people in costumes? I don't know. The show never explains it. <coughs> it's it's the weirdest fucking thing, because up to a point, I was kind of intrigued. Like, okay, maybe they're they're sprinkling a mystery here. That we're gonna have, that we're gonna solve, or they're gonna unfold slowly. But even if that was the case, the staff change happens, so we don't know it, what the what if that was ever gonna happen to begin. I, I, it's it's legitimately super confusing, and I I don't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> like it sincerely made me think, okay, where are we going with this? Because I thought like I thought was what was gonna happen was like the Makamo were getting like experimented on by like some evil scientist or something and that's and that was going to be the final boss like oh the final boss is not a makamo it's a human or something i don't Alan know Hibiki taught me that the humans were the real monsters the entire time uh true enough true enough mm. honestly i can't even like half blame in for just not even fucking resolving it because there's, <laughs> because there, he didn't know there's even if you watch the entire show up to that point, there's nothing at all that can clue you in on what the hell they're trying to do. Which, for 
for what was otherwise just like an ordinary like casual slice of life kind of thing sure that's fine up to a degree but if you're setting up a mystery you got to give us some more clues than here's some asshole in a cloak with the steampunk weird thing doing shit in the woods okay why is he in the woods why is he doing shit why is anybody shut up i don't know so now that we've spoken at length about the first half of the show i guess we're gonna have to go to the second actually you know what uh let me say this first because this is also something that changed after the staff change uh this show before the staff change was fucking gorgeous to look at. Holy shit. I have never wanted to live in the woods more than watching this show. Because it was gorgeous. This show must have been stupidly expensive. Because goddamn, did you see where they were filming, man? Oh, Holy yeah. Fuck. Every, every single episode is a new location. Somewhere in the actual real ass woods or on the side of a cliff or near the shore or something. Every single episode, they go out there, and every single episode, it looks fucking amazing. It's always brilliantly lit, for the most part. I think there's definitely scenes where they crank the bloom up way too high, and it just oh, looks yeah. bad. Especially in like, the early episodes, where it looks like there's Vaseline all over the screen, and everything's <laughs> all blurry and gross, and it's like, ah... Like, I get, I get that they're trying to make this seem, like, mystical and otherworldly. And I'm like, all right, I, I get the vibe you're going for. But, but visually, it just doesn't work. It just, it's, it's distracting. And it's hard to follow the fights. And it's hard to follow what's going on when that's happening. And, you know, and then every episode, again, has, like, a fucking giant CG monster fight in it, too. And so you get, it's, it is no surprise that this show is as gorgeous it as is because it's probably expensive as hell yeah they probably i mean spend- it not not only giant cg monster fights like actual giant green screen monster fights with like actual people in suits oh yeah that that couldn't have been cheap to film at all oh like especially not on shit. location like they do every time and, and again not only is the, not only are the locations beautiful. I mean, shit, dude. The the version that I watch, which is OZC, apparently is only 720. Dude, you could have told me it was fucking 1080p or even 4K. I would have fucking believed you. Oh, it was, yeah. It looks fucking beautiful even today. So not only are the locations beautiful. God damn, dude. What the fuck? Who who did they sell? Who, who sold that they sell to get suits looking this fucking nice? I have no idea. Holy the cinema- fuck. The cinematography, the, just the lighting, the setting of the scene, just everything about it is gorgeous. And that enhances the action and enhances the the overall vibe of the show. And it just, it, it gives it a very bizarre, unordinary appearance to it that makes it stand I mean, like out. I said, dude, the fucking writer suits themselves are fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Dude. Like, look, I... I I will say everything, you know, Kuga's still my favorite show of all time, blah, 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 blah. Hibiki's, Hibiki probably has my favorite writer suit of all time. That thing is fucking beautiful in any context. It's definitely beautifully made. Definitely beautifully constructed. It's it's different, too. It's got a very different, more organic... It reminds, it's very reminiscent of Gills in that it's very organic, very segmented. It's not as 
armory. It doesn't look like it's, you know, battle armor. It doesn't look like it's like a dude in a suit or some sort of robot. It looks like a real living creature. And that shade of purple, holy mm. fuck. Oh my it's god, that's such a nice purple. Two-toned pearlescent color and it kind of changes. Oh. And you get the the fade to the red with the gloves and everything. It's uh, uh. Like even even the little bit of brown it has on it just works. It just fucking works. And the thing is, I like pretty much every Oni suit in this show besides like the weird one-off ones. Like Ibuki even if it's just like all this weird bluish black it still looks very... I'm, they're all very nicely designed. Ibiki is very I like regal. It, it lo- looks very sleek, and it looks very professional, as opposed to the more wild and rugged look of Hibiki, which makes sense with their characters. Which it's is funny, because nice. like, Todoroki looks way more like... Uh, I wouldn't even... I, I, I want to say... I want to say Mookish, but like I would say more like generic Oni, I guess you would say. Well, I guess it's it, fitting, because he and Zonki literally have the same suit with a different paint job. It's true. I, but I like all the suits. All the suits are fantastic. Yeah, I think like with the exception of like again the the one-off guys like uh like I, I, if I could remember, didn't Aki have like Wolverine claws or something or Yeah, and he was brown. Yeah, he looked like shit. Um <laughs> Shuki especially looked like shit because she broke the design vibe of the other Oni. Yeah, uh, she was bad. Obviously, they don't count because they're not in the show, but a lot of, like, the movie guys just kind of look bad. Like, Kachidoki looks fucking ridiculous. Kachidoki looks like somebody took the Kefka and turned him into an Oni. Um, What what, what are your thoughts on uh, Hibiki 2? I like that the idea of their power-up is literally just paint him red. That's all we need. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Hibiki Crimson, buddy. I'm talking about Hibiki too. I'm talking about Zeranos, bud. Oh, oh. Um, for all of the bullshit cannibalization they had to do, I'm surprised it looks as half good as it does. It's the white. The white and purple look nice. If it wasn't in a better, if it was made, if it was actually like made from the ground up, I think it would have looked a lot better. It's funny because the other white and purple writer that they have in the SIC looks like dog shit. <laughs> ah, fitting for Zeranos. Anyways, so Jay, it's t- it's that time. It's time. Explain where we, to us we what the despair. fuck happened. Well, uh, it, 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 for and once, this is this I, isn't about this isn't a Matt McMuscles ripoff. What happened, Jay? Well, for once, I can't give you as detailed as an answer as I can I usually do, if only because mm. I'm not particularly well versed on the particulars of it. Well, I uh, am. But the short version is. Um, I was gonna, I was going to say if you if you want to I can you can let me do it. Well, I can I, do the short. I do a lot of. If you want to kind of break it down, that's fine. But the okay. short and simple version is is that Telway got ass mad for some indiscernible reason. Uh, fired the producer Shibasaki, who was the same producer in Kuga, coincidentally. And fired the original writer, booted them out of the show unceremoniously, and they brought in, of course, our old pals Shirakura and Inoue to finish up the show about 10 or 15 episodes before the finale. Uh, yeah, so that's the long and short of it. The, the not-so-overly-verbose part 
kind of adds a little bit of context. So the so yes, the this show is no secret. It was an it was a very expensive show. First off, super expensive, uh, and that that's that's obvious to anybody who even looked. Just look at the fucking show. It's expensive as hell. And like this this even goes beyond the suits and locations. Uh, uh, apparently the cameras that they were using were way above what Toei would ever usually allow them to use. Just just the, just the stuff in general is just insane. Um, so the show was very expensive. Of course, the show is very expensive, and of course, to offset that, you need to bring in money, right? You need to bring in a profit. Uh, unfortunately, Hibiki did not bring in that profit. In fact, from all of all accounts and from all hearsay, it put them in the fucking red, hard. Not only did they put them in the red financially, but even though it was critically acclaimed, most people didn't give a shit to watch it on TV either. So most of their ratings tanked fucking hard, which I think we've mentioned before was a was a pretty big trend starting from fucking Blade all the way to Kabuto, basically. Oh, yeah. But during Hibiki, they tanked hard because nobody was watching it. I don't know if it, this is where it gets kind of weird. I'm not really sure if it was just because people just didn't want to watch it or if the time slot was fucking with them. I'm not sure, but that's up in the air. So all of this happening along with the original writer and producers kind of, how would I say they were kind of hard to work with from some people's perspectives. They were very hard to work with. And of course, you know, that's just the way some people are that I, I find it. I find people say hard to work with and having attitude problems as an excuse of, well, I didn't like working with them. So I'm not sure it's all hearsay. So whatever, all this kind of culminates in Toei, like Jay said, getting fucking angry and pissed off and saying, fuck you guys, get the fuck out of here and bringing in Shirakura and Inoue. Now, of course, as we have discussed many, 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 many times, Inoue does not like to play with other people's toys. And when he's forced to do so, he gets mad. And my God, is this second half of the show ever a fucking example of that? But before that, we should explain a little bit more, of course, about just what happened behind the scenes. First off, the original actor for Hibiki, Dude, that guy was like, man, fuck you guys. This is stupid. Let me at least help out with some of the writing. Until they basically pushed him out of the fucking writer's room and didn't allow him to come back in. Well, that's the thing, too, is that he said before, like, up until the cast change, he was in the writer's room just as much as everybody else. He was constantly pitching ideas. He was constantly, you know, helping make the show on a technical level. He was was basically co-writing the show for the most part. And then once Noe came in, he basically got locked out, and that kind of pissed him off. And especially oh, yeah. with the just general change in leadership and the way the cast and everybody else were treated, that it really kind of sets a sour mood. And it's kind so, of it's kind of noticeable too at points where you can kind of like you watch the earlier episodes and you can see Hibiki's uh, his actor whose name I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, you can see he's he's has this kind of very general chill happy vibe to him but in like in the Inoue stuff and just like overall he's always got a very dour kind of pouty mood to him and just like every scene he's in even when he's and, like trying yeah. to be like funny and smiling and happy he still looks like he's pissed the fuck off 
And the thing is, this all culminates, and we'll get a little bit more into it because it's so fucking obvious when you watch it. This all culminates to the finale of Hibiki, which is confirmed and has gone on record. This that the finale of Hibiki and the final fight were both being written as they were fucking filming. They changed the final fight and the final episode, according to the to the uh, actor who played Hibiki, which his name is Hosokawa. He, they changed it about six times. Six fucking times before they ever committed anything to film. While they were already filming. So that already tells you this was not a fun time for anybody. And of course, everybody who was on this on the writing staff that wasn't in Oa were fucking pissed because they were like, we need to get this done. We need to get this done. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Where are we blah, 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 blah. To the point where, and I don't know, this, this is a rumor that's gone around for a while. I don't know if you heard about it. But it was to the point where, like, they were this close to having to miss the deadline of when they were supposed to turn it into to Toei for editing. Oh, I've to heard. the point where they were like, oh, shit, if we don't if we do not get this final episode in before we're supposed to, we're all going to get fucking fired. Every single one of us is going to get fucking fired. I've definitely so, heard that. Yes. So it was a fucking mess. And with that being said. Jay, what happened to this fucking second half of the show? Well, it's weird because this is my first time watching Hibiki. I had never seen anything about it beforehand. I knew I knew of what happened, and I knew especially just in terms of just how fucked the later stuff is with Inoue. And going into it, it was... I'll be honest, it was different than what I was expecting. Because I was expecting bad. I was expecting Kiva levels of Inoue. But it's just kind of fucking boring. Honestly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, immediately, right out of the gate, we have a new character, uh, Kyosuke Kiria, who is played by, as we've referred to him up to this point, Zeronos' actor from Deno. Um who is just the biggest piece of shit Gary Stew I have quite possibly ever seen. Uh, he makes f- fucking Tendo look reasonable some episodes. Uh, He's just a fucking asshole. He is just a whiny little spoiled rich prick. Constantly. Every and the thing is, the line. worst part, the worst part is that the moment he comes in, you can smell it no way off of him. You smell it and it's like, the, really? The worst part, too, is that it doesn't even feel like a full Inoue show. It feels like Inoue had, was following along with Hibiki. And was aware enough of the general vibe and tone of Hibiki. And he was trying to replicate that. It fe- at least early on, up until, like, I want to say the arc with Shuki. Which is, comparatively speaking, relatively short. And for the about of 15 episodes or so, he did... Actually, how many? It was like 49 episodes total, right? 48. 48. 
He started at 30, so it's 28. So about halfway through. Up until about like the halfway point, you can tell that he's he's trying to replicate the style and tone of the previous writer. And it doesn't fucking work. And you can tell that he just doesn't fucking want to be writing this. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a case of doesn't want to play with somebody else's toys. Because at least usually when he does that, he's been brought in as a guest writer. Mm-hmm. And what he's writing doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like, he'll be brought in to do a movie, and the movie doesn't matter. Or he'll be brought in to do a one-off episode of the show, and we get Taiyaki Master. Or we just get random <laughs> bullshit. But here... We'll get fucking Common Writer Orbit, or whatever the fuck was name. Yeah. Or, but here, he's being forced to pick up where somebody else left off, and finish what they were doing. And to a degree, again, it feels like he wanted to respect the previous writer and the show and carry on. And it just doesn't work. He just cannot match the tone. And about halfway through, he just kind of gives up and starts shifting into his usual J drama bullshit. And it's, you know, you know what the worst part is? The worst part is, is that not only is it noticeable that he's trying to match the tone, but you can also tell that his his way of writing doesn't allow him to do so. Because immediately, immediately, this show goes from everybody is generally getting along. They'll have some spats. They'll have some moments of humanity and humans just not getting along. But it's nothing ever that bad to... Kyosuke comes in, and immediately, holy shit, we're back in fives. Holy shit, nobody wants to get along anymore. Nobody can be happy. Nobody can get along. Nobody's friends. Everybody has to be at each other's throats. The best way I can describe it is the term flanderization. Oh, my God. Inoue took the the (sighs) most basic traits of every character, discarded everything, and amped it up to 11. And... Kiyosuke is especially bad because in a sense he almost feels like a criticism of Asamu. He feels like Inoue looked at Asamu I was like okay I'm going to make the antithesis to him. I am going to make a character who is his polar opposite in every way and this is my criticism of what I perceive to be the negative aspects of Asamu. But the problem is that that doesn't fucking work when he's in the show for as many episodes as he is. If he was a fucking one-off character who was in, like, one or two episodes, who shows up to, like, again, if everything else that happens up to the end of the show from when Inoue took over and left was the same, except that Kyria left after two episodes, I don't think it would be quite as bad. Because Kyria would work if he showed up, acted as a criticism of Asimu being just kind of an indecisive, directionless little brat, which, you know, I don't necessarily think he is. That's, let's, I'm saying that's, that's how I no perceive way in no is. way to a perceive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ends up getting his comeuppance and he leaves, but Asimu still at least learns a lesson from that. And that's what sets him to actually want to become an Oni. That would be fine. 
the show would still suck, but that would at least be fine. But the problem is that Curious sticks around. He sticks around way longer than he needs to. He sticks around way longer than he should have. He has zero development from the second he shows up to the moment he leaves. He stays the exact same whiny little punk the entire show. He's constantly shit-talking everybody, and nobody ever does anything about it. He's constantly belittling Asumu and Akira and Hibiki and the other Oni and everybody. And despite the fact that they tried to make him look like a joke, like they, they make it look like, okay. So after his first two episodes, they start setting up, okay, he's kind of a fraud. He's kind of just a blowhard. He's exaggerating himself. Yeah. It's a facade. Yeah. It's a facade. And that again, that would have been fine if he at least learned a lesson from that, but he doesn't, if he changed or grew, it would be bearable to watch him. And, and honestly, the worst part about all of this is that he gets fucking rewarded for it at the end. That is, that is quite possibly the worst part of Kyria as a character is that despite everything, despite every single negative thing that he says and does, Every single tiny, itty-bitty little bullshit that he flings at everybody and the entire premise and setting of the show, he is rewarded for it by not only becoming Hibiki's apprentice, but becoming an Oni. By becoming the next Hibiki, basically. And it's like, what the fuck? And, and And honestly, that's the worst part about it to me, is that he not only doesn't change, he doesn't mature, he doesn't learn anything, but he becomes an Oni, which we have been told from day one, you have to have a certain, you basically have to be at a certain amount of Zen to, to even fucking hope to achieve it. And Kyria doesn't do that. Like he's a wimp. He, he's not physically strong. He's not physically gifted. He doesn't have any sort of patience. He's not centered whatsoever. Unlike everybody else. Everybody else is centered. They have some kind of physical strength. Fucking, uh, what was her? Akira. Or, no, not Akira. Uh, Akira, yes. Okay, yeah, like her. Even she was more zen than fucking Kyosuke. And it's like, and he, but he still gets the only shit. Like, fucking Asamu had to learn how to like listen to the rhythm of nature. Kyosuke couldn't even fucking do that. But he's still the one who gets it? Like, the why? worst. Honestly, the worst part of it is knowing that Asumu was, like, ten minutes away from becoming an Oni, but they fucking changed their minds. In They straight up were like, Asumu was going to become an Oni, but we changed our mind. Uh, fucking why? What the fuck were you people... Th- if you were going to go this far anyways, Why? Why fucking, at least if you had him become the Oni instead of Kyosuke, at least then there would have been something. At least even then him giving up, like, I don't want to be an Oni, and at least still having him become one, that would be fine. But having him not get to become an Oni and then just quit training for one is just fucking baffling. It's almost a betrayal of his character. And... Look, here's the thing, and I'm just going to say this outright. 
when he decides that he's quitting training, that he's like, I don't want to be an Oni, I, I'm honestly not even mad because Asimu wanting to be an Oni to begin with was a fucking ridiculous idea. Yes. And was just not at all, just the complete opposite of how he was as a character. It was unnecessary. It's, I, it's, I don't fucking know what the fuck they were thinking. I don't. Well, know. Again, it's like we were saying at the beginning, his idea was he doesn't need to be an Oni. He's just learning about life through Hibiki. So him out of nowhere, suddenly thinking, I want to be an Oni now. It just doesn't feel right. Him getting gaslit by Kyria into wanting to become an Oni just doesn't make any sense. And it feels wrong. It does. And, they kind of have that idea of like, oh, Hibiki's just like trying to fuck with them as their mentor because he knows that one, Kiria shouldn't be an Oni, and two, Asamu doesn't want to be, and he's just kind of doing it because he thinks that's what he should be doing. Like, if that's the angle they were going with, fine. If neither of them became Oni, that's one thing. But it, it it's like, again, then like Hibiki just kind of like fucking flip-flops constantly, like where he's like, he is totally up for Asumu becoming an Oni, but the second Asumu changes his mind, he starts being like a big asshole to him for no reason. It's so weird. It's just, I, I don't know what the hell. The, you can tell this show went through like six rewrites an episode because there is just gaps in the logic everywhere. Well, it's not even just that. So you know how you mentioned that he was 10 minutes away from being an Oni? He was also 10 minutes away from neither of them being an Oni. The, 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 so, obviously, the original plans went all over the place, right? Yeah. The original ending was Asuma becomes an Oni. No, Kyosuke becomes an Oni. No, they, be, they both become an Oni. No, neither of them become an Oni. No, Hibiki gives up being an Oni, and then we time skip to Asuma beginning his training. Like, where the fuck are we going? Like, and you can see that in the way the, the final episode is playing out. Because it's like, neither of you feel like, it just it just feels like it comes out of fucking nowhere either way. Because again, like, Kiria doesn't need this. He, he doesn't deserve it, but he's just given it. Because why? I guess. Fuck off. I don't know. He deserves it, I guess. Even though he didn't change whatsoever. Fuck's sake. The last time we see him, or the la the last moment, or one of the last moments we see of Kiria and Asuma together, Asuma was trying to kick the shit out of him. And it's like, where are we going with this, bud? You just—it's like, the, honestly, it almost feels like you know. just said, you know what? I can't win. I'm not gonna win with this. So who cares? Fuck it. Just fuck it. <sighs> kind of. Honestly, he—he he really does just kind of give up. Like, you can tell too with the plots too, because again, he tries to keep that general slice of life vibe where you get the episode where oh Asmu wants to go meet his dad and it's just him just kind of bumming around town following clues about where his dad is and he he keeps learning stuff about what's going on and it starts to get a little exaggerated and comical with all the stuff he hears but it's you know that's a nice setup where he wants to go learn about his father and he finds out that, Oh, his dad's doing great and he's living his best life. And so, you know what that, that inspires him. And I liked that. And then he's just like, uh, fuck it. It's a soap opera now. So 
then he's got the we get the fucking power up episode where we get the the dude who does the opening shows up and he makes a weapon that that stops letting them become oni and it's a sword with a megaphone and i don't know why they gave hibiki a sword other than to sell toys and then you get like like everybody just gets fucking horribly exaggerated Todoroki just becomes a gigantic moron Ibuki well Ibuki barely existed anyway so you don't really notice a change yeah Uh, like Zonki instead of just being like I'm old and I'm tired is suddenly like oh I'm retiring because I have a secret injury because I was betrayed by my mentor and blah 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 and oh it smells of in no way it does and like just the plots in general, like oh, we've suddenly got a doomsday scenario. We got to stop. Oh, my mentor has returned and she betrayed the Oni, so now Ibuki has to kill her. Oh, fucking Henshin Ninja Arashi shows up for no reason to go beat the shit out of Nin- Oni. Like, why? What the fuck was the point of having him show up? By the way, like I get it. Like I get the show was you know supposed to be a Henshin Ninja Arashi reboot, and I get that's like. That's their caveat of like, all right, we got to put him in here somewhere. But like, like really, that's the best you can do is you have some guy who looks like him just show up to beat the shit out of Oni for half an episode. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. All we right. didn't even mention that. Apparently, the show was never supposed to be a writer show. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I was going to mention that. Yeah. So the show started as a reboot of Henshin Ninja Arashi because... Uh, if I remember correctly, the story is Blade sold like shit. So they're like, all right, we're just going to fucking experiment. But then the plan for the Urashi reboot fell through. So it's like, okay, so now it's going to be about Oni. So now it's just a show about Oni superhero fighting monsters. And then fucking, um, what show was it? I think it was Ryukendo showed up. And Ryukendo had basically that exact same premise that Hibiki had of here's just like dudes as superheroes fighting monsters and it's slice of life stuff. And admittedly I haven't seen Ryukendo, so I don't know how accurate that is, but early form Ryukendo was basically the same as Hibiki. So like, all right, well fuck it. Uh, it's common right now, whatever. So they, they really only made it a writer show for brand recognition to sell. And honestly, I think that was probably a mistake because having it be our common writer show meant that it had to live up the expectations of being one. And that's kind of mm. what fucked the show. See, okay. And now this is what, this is what gets me the most. You know, what's weird, Jay is the fact that if Inoue was the sole writer of this entire show and we just had the exact same thing as we had from episode 30 onwards, this show would be just mediocrely, just mediocre. It'd be boring and mediocre. Yeah, but I think it's the fact that you know that what we got from thirty onwards came after what was a relatively nice, calm, fun little show, and it just it essentially just betrays all of that shit for no reason, for no reason, and it gets and it does it so badly that it almost gets it almost makes it seem worse than that, what it actually is because now we have something to compare it to. We have the exact show to compare it to right before it. And it's like, wow, you fucked it. You fucked it for no reason, for no reason. You took a relatively very nice, good show that 
could go down as a comfy little slice of life. And he decided to just shit all over it. And this is, and again, this is one of those times I don't blame in no way. I don't because in no way was forced to do this. And like, I'm not going to say he was, he, he had the yakuza breaking down his door. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like he, they brought him into the writer's room and he didn't know what to fucking do. He doesn't know what to do because guess what? They shit can the last writer and he's not going to tell Inoue what's going on because he doesn't want, he doesn't want to give Toei the satisfaction. So now we know he's here having to watch what came before it and just fucking hope what he writes is either as good or salvageable and to the point where he just goes, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck all of you. Fuck this. And he, and he just writes whatever the fuck. So I can't even blame Inoue on this. If anything, I blame Shirakura way more than I blame Inoue. No, absolutely. I, To an extent, I can't blame Inoue for what happened with the show because it's, again, he's left in a position where he has to carry on so late into production of the show that he can't really effectively change anything or build off of what was worked on because... It's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose for him, and I, I kind of can't blame him in this regard. That doesn't necessarily mean that he couldn't have tried a little better i mean it's still oh, pretty sure. mediocre compared to his usual <laughs> output but no that that that's a given like honestly that's a given because like i feel like you could have tried better but at the same time i'm not going to be like you ruined this show single-handedly it's like no no, no you didn't I, I definitely i definitely do think that in gets a bit of an unfair rap for hideki where granted he definitely deserves a little bit of criticism for it but at the same time like people tend to make it his entire fault that what happened happened and it's not you know again a little bit of a shirakura but even then shirakura was also thrown in last second then again shirakura also did gut a lot of what made the show interesting like you got the cool like calligraphy eye catches you've got the location shooting that they dropped all the giant monster stuff happened and now all the fights are happening in the city and we've got generic monster of the weeks we we dropped the uh, the monster parent plot line stuff. And we got all this shit with John Lennon and all this other stuff going on. And like, again, a lot of that was also his decision. So I'll throw a little bit more blame on him, but at the same time I get it of like, I am being put on a sinking ship. I need to fill all the holes without spending too much money. And like, all right, I get why you cut all this stuff and changed it all up. That doesn't mean that it doesn't still suck. See, I feel this is my personal theory. Had we had Shirakura from... Had Shirakura had the power that he had now, I I almost want to say he probably wouldn't have allowed some of that shit to happen. I, I, I have... Maybe I'm just an overly trusting person, but I feel like Shirakura would have at least attempted to keep some of the stylistic choices from going away. He can't do anything about the writing. That's That's something he can't keep... He can't control anymore. But at least stylistically and financially, I feel like he would have at least tried to keep some of the calligraphy shit. Or at least some of the, the, the sh- on-location shooting. At least some of it. I, because I, I feel like Shirakura... I, I, we, we say this a lot. He gets a bad rap as well. I feel like he would have at least tried. I definitely think so. I think if this happened like five or ten years later, I don't think it would have been as big of a shit show as it was. I definitely think that um, somebody involved would have either stepped in sooner or they would have at least 
tried to keep it more consistent just overall in terms of production value. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird, man. It's it's really weird because like and, and and we go and we've gone on about it a bit, but re- in reality, there's not much to say about the second half of the show because really nothing fucking happens. Like everything tries to happen, but nothing gets through. You know, the final plot doesn't really matter. The doomsday plot doesn't matter. The final villains doesn't matter. The apprenticeship doesn't even really have much of an impact because they don't do much with it. And when they do, you just kind of get re- you just kind of get re- uh, reminded that wow. We're really shitting on Asuma's character just for fucking Xeranos over here to look uh, better, which I'll, he doesn't even look better. He looks worse every time no, he's on he, screen. He actively looks worse with him being the only one who becomes an Oni and not Asuma. I'll, I will say this much. I I think it's a very good thing that he came back to be Xeranos because if he didn't, this guy would be one of the most hated people in the entire franchise. Oh my people, god, you people yes. Would, people would want his actor to be like dead, legitimately real in real life. <laughs> Burned at the stake. Burned at the stake if he didn't come back to play Zeranos. And I'm glad that even when he came back as Kyosuke in Hibiki, one they learned their lesson and completely changed his character and two it, then it the very pleased it started to feel like he earned that role so i'll give it that much in that they definitely learned learned to better use his actor and better use the character but it's fucking way too late because it's also in zio so true enough see it's it's see at least it's okay because he came back in xeranos because literally nobody remembered he was kiosuke because nobody watched tbiki but but in reality it it just it sucks because again like i said like i said before what sucks about the show the most is that you can compare it against itself and the second half is so immensely inferior in both character writing style everything that you just kind of sit there thinking what could have what could have been if if they didn't just say fuck it what what could have been if they just they didn't throw Takatera out the fucking window. What could have been? And that's that's what sucks about it the most. That's to me the worst part about this show. Is the fact that I have to sit here thinking, man, what fucking could have been? That's what sucks. I would agree, uh, but at the same time, like, because the show is I wouldn't even necessarily say samey up to the point of it it still doesn't feel like it has any kind of direction other than just here's the slice of life stuff. I mm-hmm. don't know how different it would have ended up being had it not all happened. See, it definitely wouldn't it, have had as bad of a reputation as it did. I'm sure it would still it would probably be one of the most popular shows, but I don't really know what would have changed had the writer stayed. See, I think it would have been, this is me putting a lot of fucking faith. I think it would have been not as big, obviously. But I think it would have been something like Deno, where a lot of people look back on it like saying, yeah, the main plot didn't f- was fucking stupid and didn't matter, but the characters are just so damn lovable that I just don't care. Or at least likable that I just don't care. That's what I think it could have gone, but again, we're just never going to know. It's one of those things that we're literally never going to know. Like... <laughs> it's like it's like we'll never know what happened with Blade. Only Bl- when Blade changed staff, it was a fucking positive. Oh yeah, it was- it's it's the exact opposite of what happened with Blade. Where- How fucking weird is that? That 
we had the exact same thing happen year to year, and we could and we saw the good and bad ending of both of those. Like, it's it's literally the same situation in reverse. The writers get kicked out of Blade early on, and the show becomes the most popular one of the most popular shows. And then Hibiki, the writers get kicked out near the end, and it becomes one of the most hated shows. It's so weird, isn't it? It's very weird. Very coincidence. It's, it's it's one of those fucking things, man. Like that that's a cosmic coincidence, and it's wild. Um, but you know what? With that being said, I think we have said a lot. So I think it's time for our final thoughts. So, Jay, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, Hibiki's oh, no. a hard recommendation. Um, uh-huh. Not even just because of what happens with Inoue and the staff change and just the complete bullshittery that happens in the end. It's The show is so weird and different and just, just completely the exact opposite of what you would expect a common Rider show to be that it's hard to recommend to watch it. It's... <sighs> On an individual level, uh, on an individual level, the episodes are enjoyable. I like the cast. I think all the fights are really good. It's got a very unique musical score with a lot of very. Usually, I'm not a big fan of entirely uh, in instrumental soundtracks, but I think with this show, where it's very music focused, it works. But. Again, it it is primarily just a kind of a slice of life thing. There's no real overarching plot to hook you. There's no major significant story or lore to any of it. So uh, it's hard for me to say that you should watch it because it's just so different. Hmm. Uh, I can't even necessarily say that I hated it or that even I I liked it because it's just it's so strange that I can't even really categorize it. It had good ideas and I liked individual episodes, but as a whole it's it's really hard for me to place it. See, it's weird cuz like I'm on the same wavelength as you cuz I I find this show fascinating. But that's the thing. You and I, we we watch these shows for a uh, for a faux living, I guess we'll say. We watch these shows a lot. So anything that's different is fascinating to me because we we know the we know the dips, we know the highs, we know the lows, we know the the creamy middles of every one of these fucking common writer shows. So when something really 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 different pops out, it, it's fascinating to me. And not even just writer Tokusatsu in general. And this show is fascinating. However, would I ever say to somebody, go watch this now? No, 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 no. I would say if you've already watched every writer show and you just want to see something different, then yeah, go watch this with an extreme fucking asterisk of this is not a typical writer show. And again, like Jay said, it's not even because of the last, uh, the last third. I honestly, even with the last third, I still, I still say the same thing. I would recommend watching it because one, you get 20 something episodes. Well, you get 29 episodes of a very different and interesting idea for a writer show. And for the last 28 episodes, you get how to fuck up a writer show in 30 episodes or less. 
and it's insane. And it's also one of the, I would say it's probably a case study in just what happens when studios fuck with a show badly, really badly. But again, would I say go watch this as your first writer show? Fuck no. Oh, fuck no. Not in a million fucking years. But I would say if you're going to, if you're, if you have an open mind to something different, go for it. Because you might find something that's very enjoyable. I did find a lot of the slice of life stuff enjoyable, even though I still had a lot of the issues that Jay had where it kind of felt like, where the fuck are we going with this? But I still found some of it enjoyable. And I and even to a point, I found the post-Takatera era, that sounds weird, uh, interesting, just to see how what happened with it. So again, I'm not going to say I'm going to recommend it on a enjoyment level I'm going to recommend it on if you're into something strange and you want to see something very different go for it legitimately go for it because I think you might you might just be shocked at how weird it is but with that being said Jay AJ you know what time it is uh, time to start drinking alcohol and cry ourselves to sleep no, that's 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 uh that starts July first. You're right. That that's <laughs> we we got a we got a few we got a few I've months. Actually, I actually have been sober since like the end of May, and uh, time to change that. It's it's been surprisingly easier than I expected it to be, um, which I guess is not something uh, that I should be proud of saying. I guess that's a bad thing to be proud of that, but um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was I was expecting to be like, man, fuck it, I need a drink by this point. But uh, no, uh, turns out that uh, not working retail is actually very, very beneficial for your mental and physical health. Who would have guessed? You know, I'm spinning the wheel and you're just fucking jinxing it, you know? Listen. You're jinxing yourself. Listen, as long as I don't say anything specifically about oh it. my god it's ghosts god fucking damn it when are you gonna take it up this is like the fifth fucking <laughs> week in a row that we've got no, the ghost of the it, wheel honestly, i would the, i would actually walk out this door right now and leave and not come back if we got ghost again. what door exactly oh no it's armor hero <laughs> you know what fuck it for sure why not well let's do that again i fucking need something to kill my brain anyways Dude, it'll be the easiest one we can do because we won't have to pay attention for half of it. And then no. they'll just say, let's go to space. Let's go. <laughs> I fucking keep forgetting they just went to space. Oh, we gotta take this God. fight to space. Man. God, uh, that show is something else. Man, if the second season of that is even half as bonkers as that, I kind of want to watch That's it. the sucky part is that I've heard it's not. Damn it. I've heard it's like relatively like normal <laughs> how oh that sucks it's like wait no they gotta go to space we need <laughs> we need like, to take you... this fight to space we gotta go to jupiter that's how you top it is you just go further into space we need to go to the andromeda galaxy we need to uh, go to the uh... m78 nebula wait no we can't do that when we get sued <laughs> wait no this is china we don't care about that we need to go to the 
N78 Nebula. N77. There we go. Now that's legally distinct. Oh. Why is High School st- Hero still on this fucking wheel? I forgot I to take that off. You keep forgetting to take a lot of things off the wheel. Oh, my God. It's Ghost. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I already said we're going to do Ghost for, like, episode 200. That's fair. Which is, like, this year, I think. Probably. I'm I'm really, like, like post... I'm, like, really, like, stretching this out as much as I can. <laughs> I'm just clicking this. Uh, okay, let's see what we got here. Uh... Hold on. What's the deal with the wheel? Is this even fucking subbed? No, it's not. Why does people do this to me? What show was it? Uh, it was like Enba Bonson Band. Never heard of it. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. Listen, you would be surprised of the things I've heard of. Oh, it's Eco Gainer. No, I actually is that even subbed? I think it is. Last I checked, it is. Who the fuck watches Eco Ganger? You know what? We ask that every time we watch something that we've never heard of, and then we usually you mean, you, you mean like it. fucking you mean like like I don't think I don't think Eco Ganger will be nearly as enjoyable as Vanny Nights. I, I don't think anything will ever top that ending. To be entirely honest, <laughs> unless. Unless Revice decides to go for <laughs> Devil Man in the last three episodes, and you know what? It's getting close. Revice it's going to end up with it's going to end up with Iki eating Love Cough. It, it, Revice is getting dangerously close to going full Devil Man, and you know what? At this point, I kind of hope Daiji turns into a pillar of salt. I think that's that's kind of what he deserves. <laughs> that would it That'd wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. No, no, no. Instead, instead of the Devil Man manga, they're just remaking the Devil Man movie. Oh fuck! Oh, that would be so fucking funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> they get a no. uh, oh, what the fuck was his name? The black dude. Ah, oh, I forgot his name. Bob Sap. Bob Sap. There you go. We need more Bob Sap in our life. We do. Is is he Wasn't in any? Is he in any shows? I think he's in. No, that's somebody else. I was going to say, I think he was an Abba Ranger, but that was somebody else that kind of looks like him. I know he's in, like, a lot of variety shows and stuff, but not, not shows we would watch for the show, at least. What is this? Is this subtitled? Hold on. I actually got to check if this is subtitled. I actually don't know. Oh, this sounds good. This always sounds good. I always like the sound. Well, it it has a, it has a f- 5 out of 20 on some random website. How do you... Who the fuck scores to 20? What the... What? What is this? Spinal Tap? Come on. Hold on. I gotta look up Toku subs. Let me see. Toku subs. Uh, yes, thank you. Show me Show me the subs. Let me see. Because if not... Uh, why would you do this to me? Wait. Officially subbed. Wait. Is it actually fully subbed? Because if it is, then yeah. But... Oh, fuck you. It's a 404? <laughs> well, I well, guess we're not doing that one. We, we we fell on something called Innocent Lilies that looked like Vanny Nights. And I was like, oh, sweet. Wait, but apparently only one episode's on. Wait a second. That sounds familiar. Let me look that up. It doesn't seem like anybody's fully subbed this. If they, if they have, holy shit, this is going to be some fucking wacky shit. Let's see here. 
We gotta wait for Jay to see if uh, maybe there oh, is. Oh no, this is not what I was thinking of. Oh, this is a movie. New. No, the one I found was a show. Unless I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, there is a TV show, I guess. Um. <laughs> what? What is it? What is? Yeah, this? I've never heard of this. Let me see. Was this? Uh, 2013 motion picture J-pop group something Koichi Sakamoto okay um, whoa hello unless this is yeah I'm not sure if I'm looking at the same thing you are but uh well uh Innocent Lilies is not something we're gonna be watching because there is no fucking subs thank you for ever put that on the fucking wheel and this one is not even finished thank you for whoever put that on the fucking wheel I think this might be the same thing I'm looking at here. Yeah, I think this Are is a Are you sure? Because I don't think it was... Well, the one I found was a TV show. Well, let me let me see what you're looking at. Because I'm looking uh, at something here on Wikipedia that says it's a movie. And doesn't say anything about a TV show. Hold on. Because I, I was looking up the other stuff that fell into the wheel, too. Like Erection. Which is not a porno, funny enough. It's a uh, Erection. But when yeah. you look at, but when you, when you look it up on, obviously when you look it up on fucking Google, it gives you a lot of fucking porn. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. So innocent lilies. Uh, okay. So this one is not a TV show. This one is a, this one is a movie, but again, I don't, cause the one I looked up on the Toku sub site said that it was, uh, a movie. Yeah, because I see, yeah, I see something here saying that it's a, a TV show, but I don't. Unless yeah, because this is like one out of ten, one out of five, so it's like unless the Toku Subs website is just fucking with me. Unless I don't know. it's just something with a, a similar name. Let me do, let me double check. God, that would be so fucking weird. How how do you make more than one show called the same thing? Ugh, excuse me. Well, Jay. Uh, well, I don't think we're going to get any results, so just try a third time, and then we'll go from there. Hi, Guardian Spice! No, no, Fuck no. Fuck you. Could you imagine? That's on the wheel, dude. <laughs> That's on the wheel, dude. <sighs> you know, I do this to myself. <laughs> we could have done Dogengers, but you didn't let it. You just, I didn't. You just, what do you mean, I didn't? You, you had to say Hi, Guardian Spice. When did I say that? It's right now. You just said that. Just don't fucking gaslight me. We're on recording, AJ. <laughs> but you said that right now. No. <laughs> I will listen to the recording and it'll say the same thing. <laughs> guys, guys, AJ is gaslighting me. This is not. I do this, this to fill every week. You should be used to this. Yeah, but it's not. It's not <laughs> ever to me. Ultraman <laughs> Cosmos. Wait, Actually, really? is that, wait, is that the one that's 72 episodes? Yeah, that's the one that's like Go fuck yourself, episodes. nope. Oh my god, you pussy, just pick something <laughs> already, god damn it. Dude, I've actually, I'm not gonna lie, I've legitimately just been spinning this <laughs> i legitimately just been clicking the spin button and I just haven't stopped. <laughs> I've just been waiting for the spiel to end. Jesus uh. Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? I want to see what is going to be our last episode before we head out. 
before we go to to fucking anime expo, I want to see what's gonna, what it's going to be. Uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh fuck no. I swear to God, AJ. <laughs> we could we could have just done Cosmos, but no. That's sixty six episodes. Fuck you. Well then, okay. hey, we didn't even land on Cosmos. I just uh, I just say random things that are on the wheels. Uh, so what did we get? <clears throat> I swear to God, if it's Ghost or ZL or something, I am going to murder you the first chance I get. Break your fucking neck, AJ. I swear to God. I feel like we're going to be kicking a dead horse if we do this, honestly. I feel like it's kicking a dead horse at this point because everyone's made fun of it, but it's only 12 episodes. Oh boy. It's only 12 episodes. (sighs) (laughs) Actually, is it only 12 episodes? Let me double check. Yes, it is. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. You know what, Jay? I'm going to spare you. I'm going to be very nice, and I'm going to spare you the fucking pain. And uh, everybody else, I'm going to spare you the pain, because I don't want to get canceled in Pride Month, by the way. Because that's what's going to happen if we do that show. So, we're just doing Dogengers! Yay! By the way, the the thing I, I don't want to get canceled over Tiger Guardian Spice, if you couldn't tell. Are you fucking for real? Yes, you I'm actually not, put not. that on the fucking list? I didn't put that on the list. Why? What? You, you have the power to put things on the wheel or not, AJ. You could have just not. You could have just ignored it. Because like you do law, half of the shit. Because the law of statistics usually tells me that that's not going to happen. And it landed on that. How many fucking times have we learned that lesson? How many fucking times have you been like, uh, uh, it's never going to happen. And then every goddamn time it happens. Why have you not learned this goddamn lesson? I'm a gambling man. <laughs> Look, it's only 12 episodes. That's the, the both seasons are only 12 episodes. So at least it's like a fucking quick watch. So we can just we can just watch 12 episodes. I'm pretty sure they're all like 10 minutes anyways because it's a fucking local hero show made on a budget of fucking condoms and and newspapers. So who cares? Bad. So, you know what? It'll be fine. So, next week, we're doing... Is it, is it actually Dogengers or Dogengers? Dogengers, yes. Dogengers. Okay. We're doing Dogengers. Is it about... Why is it called that? I don't know. I think it's a joke about Avengers. I... Fuck. I don't think they explain it. I mean, I mean, maybe it... Maybe, like, Dog... Doge... Doge? Maybe it's, like... Maybe that's supposed to be, like, local. I'm hero? sure it makes know. sense if you're Japanese. I don't know. I mean, hey, I, I like I like some of the designs here. Seems like a fun time. Yeah, yeah fun, fun time, fun time. Yeah, 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 fun time. So, yes, next time we go, we, next time we join you guys here for recording, it's Dogengers, the local hero show that could. And apparently it's very good, actually. So I've, I've heard nothing but good things it about the show. It could, and it did. I, again, I've heard nothing but good things about the show, so let's... Uh, Let's see, I guess. Mm. I I know that I had the 
link here somewhere about a while ago. I don't know where it is. But uh yeah. So So yeah. We'll see you guys for Dogengers next time. Bye-bye. Bye.